and welcome. I'm your host, Irene Madrid, and this is Career Coaching, a podcast where I with successful professionals to discover who they are and what has helped them to achieve why they stand out today. My hope is that after each episode, you're a step closer to finding out who you want to be. I promise you're going to get the most of it. In this episode, I chat with Professor Nick Van Dam, passionate about helping individuals reach their full potential. He's an internationally recognized doliver, advisor, researcher, author, and speaker on corporate learning, talent, and leadership development. Over the course of his career, he has served more than 100 clients around the world. He's a board member of many prestigious organizations, including Ivy's School, Warren University, and McKinsey Company. Nick has written articles and has been quoted by the Financial Times, Forbes Magazine, Business Week, Harvard Business Review, among others. And he's also author and co-author on more than 25 books. So welcome, Professor, to Career Coaching Podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today. Yeah, thanks, Irene. Uh, it's a pleasure being on uh, being on your podcast. Thank you. So I usually begin my episode by expressing how did I get to know my guest speaker and the way he inspired me. So when I was at university, Professor Van Damme advised me through the process of my professional career. His way of envisioning life helped me so much in the past. So I thought, why not bring him to my podcast? So let's see if this conversation helps you and hopefully you will find your path after hearing to this amazing professional. So let's dive in. So the first question, Professor, is that you introduce yourself and yes, tell us about your current role, please. Yeah. So thanks, uh, Irene. So, you know, I have a, a number of roles, uh, one role at IE, um, I'm the I'm a board member, so I'm, I'm advising uh, the university on their overall strategy uh, moving forward. Um, I'm the chief learning officer, and as part of that role, I will help to advance and innovate learning at IE at different levels. Um, I'm the, the director of a center for corporate learning innovation. Um, and I collaborate with companies around the world on uh, best practices for learning and leadership development. And beyond that, I'm also an academic director and I'm a teacher at a number of programs at IE. Um, I'm teaching in some of the bachelor programs um, uh, at the business school and other schools. I'm uh, teaching at the master in human resources and talent development. Um, and I'm also um, the uh, academic director for uh, the Executive Master in Positive Leadership and Transformation. That's a wonderful program uh, for mid-career professionals. So beyond that, um, I'm an external senior advisor for McKinsey. Um, I'm also affiliated with uh, Nyan Road Business University in the Netherlands. Um, and finally, I'm also, I have an, well, I have an appointment at uh, the University of Pennsylvania, where I'm teaching um, candidates in an executive doctorate program who would like to become chief learning officers in an amazing program. So that are the, the roles I have. Uh, well, what a diverse portfolio of roles you have. It's, it's insane. I mean, I don't know how many hours your day has, but it seems that more than 24 hours for sure, that's what you need, right, Professor? <laughs> Um, you know, indeed, and that's, uh, this goes back to, um, you know, one of the key things I like to share with, um, you know, listeners uh, for the podcast. Um, you know, I think if we reflect, if you graduate, at, let's say, at the age of, you know, 22 or 23, 24, most of us will be in the workforce for potentially 50, uh, 50 years. Retirement has been pushed out. And I think that, you know, if you, you know, spend quite some time professionally, 
uh, it's so important that you find something uh, that you really enjoy. Because, you know, and that's, I'm, I have to say, I feel very privileged um, that I have uh, identified something early in my life uh, that gives me meaning and purpose and uh, gets me very excited. And therefore, you know, working long days doesn't feel like working long days. I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, and that's what I hope for everyone. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more that that's the, the key to life and being a, in, in a completely encouraged and, and happy stage where, uh, when working, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's key. It's, uh, uh, I always, uh, if you look at, um, as an example, uh, studies on happiness, um, you know, you look at all the studies done on happiness, there are a couple of key themes what makes people happy. Uh, one is social relationships. Um, friends, family members, colleagues, um, that's one big, big thing. Another one is meaning and purpose. You know, we know that people have discovered their meaning and purpose in life are way happier than people who don't. And the third theme is about learning and development. We know that people who continue to learn in their lives and are open for new things, uh, they are way happier than people who don't. So finding a role with meaning and purpose where you can, can learn uh, every day and where you can build wonderful relationships with people, you know, that's a recipe for happiness. Absolutely. So Professor, now tell us, yeah, a bit of the, like, what do you do in your day-to-day -day basis when you wake up until you go to bed? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and particularly, of course, in this COVID, uh, uh, you know, period, you know, um, I'm spending a lot of time online in different formats, you know, emails and Zoom sessions and team sessions. Um, so a lot of time online. Uh, but basically, my days, you know, my weeks look very differently. So, of course, I have a number of meetings that I attend where I contribute. Um, um, I have, I'm also, you know, um, doing some work, prepare, prepare myself for, for the meetings I have. Um, I'm teaching in a number of programs that will happen throughout the day and also the evening. Um, I'm involved in the marketing of a number of programs. So that means reflecting on, uh, on the websites, on brochures, uh, on uh, other marketing material that needs to be developed, uh, videos. Um, so um, that's not an ex example. Then I'm uh, I'm supporting a number of students with their uh, thesis, uh, and also I have a couple of PhD uh, candidates who I support. Uh, so and and then I'm I'm writing a new book uh, as we speak, a new book that will be published in uh, in June. Um, the title is uh, 49 uh, Tools." for learning and development. So it's an exciting book uh, that I co-author with a friend of mine, Jan Rijken. Um, and I'm very excited to finish that book and uh, uh, to inspire people in my profession. What a, what a exciting days that you probably have. It sounds just like awesome. So, okay, Professor, after this introduction, let's move to the deep content section. Well, the first question you already touched it, previously, but yeah, like describe us uh, your professional path, how everything started. What did you study at university that then you landed uh, into your first job and, and yeah, on this journey until you have arrived on the, on the work and the role you have today? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and let me, uh, let me share a little of my story. Um, 
and you know when I when I finished high school, um, I had in mind to become a journalist, and um, I applied for a college of journalism um, in the Netherlands. And guess what? I was declined. Uh, then I applied for another college of journalism in the Netherlands, and unfortunately, I got declined as well. Um, now I was kind of asking myself the why, and particularly later on, and it was obvious because I did not have necessarily you know, uh, credibility in writing. I had never published anything uh, at that point in time. So then it was like, okay, what is plan B? So plan B was for me to study economics um, and business administration, uh, similar to, you know, let's say at IE, the BBA. And in addition to that, I had always something that was kind of interested to me and that related to teaching. Um, I had wonderful teachers in my high school and I felt like, wow, you know, to become a teacher, maybe that's something I want to do at one point in time. So I also got a degree uh, in education, uh, in pedagogy, in, in designing learning programs. Um, so that was kind of my start. And then I, 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 in my last couple of, my last year, I took a couple of classes in information technology, in programming. Um, and that was kind of at that time relatively new. And I thought, wow, that's interesting information technology. So uh, let me to take some programming classes. And then when I um, uh, finished my, my, my program, uh, I joined a company called Siemens uh, and I got involved in uh, uh, software development. Um, and then from software development, uh, involved in helping organizations and people how to use software. And if you reflect on that, it's all about, you know, how to learn to use the software, how to instruct people to do it. And then I got involved also in teaching uh, the customers how to use the software. So I started using my, my teaching skills. And then um, after a couple of years, um, I said to myself, do you know what? I know quite a bit about business, about teaching, but I'd like to know more about, you know, people. What moves people, you know? Uh, why do people behave? They want to behave in certain ways. And I decided to uh, go back to school uh, and get my master's degree in, in organization uh, sociology and psychology. So to learn more about people and organizations. And that was a wonderful uh, learning experience. And I completed that program. Uh, and then from there, um, at one point, I, was, I got in touch with uh, uh, Deloitte in the United States. And uh, I had always a desire to work you know, globally. Um, and they offered me a role uh, where I could use my background in teaching and education. And, uh, and, and I joined them in the United States as a consultant in human capital, uh, helping clients in learning and development. Um, and then from there, I moved into a number of different roles, including I became the chief learning officer for, uh, for, for Deloitte Consulting globally. Now, um, I'm a big fan of, you know, what I share with people to become lifelong learners. And uh, as I mentioned, I finished my bachelor degree and a couple of years later, I finished my master degree. And then I said to myself, you know what, um, this discipline, learning and development is so exciting. Um, it's such a deep field. I don't know enough about this. And then I decided to, uh, to do my PhD uh, part-time in addition to my, my other roles. And I, um, I worked for six years on my PhD in, in, in the learning sciences. Uh, and I completed that. And that helped me also to, again, have a huge impact on what I was doing. 
So having been with Deloitte for quite some time in global roles, including in a global HR role, then I moved to uh, McKinsey. Um, and also at McKinsey, got a similar role, uh, a global chief learning officer and helping clients. Um, and after McKinsey, I joined IE. And uh, Elaine, as you mentioned, you know, uh, life is a journey and there are many chapters. And uh, I encourage people to try out many chapters. I had many roles. Uh, some of them, you know, uh, worked out really well. Others were more challenging, but I learned a lot from them. Um, so uh, ex experimenting is, is wonderful. And then finally, I had my passion for education. Um, you know, although I did not join uh, higher education in a full-time role until two years ago, I had always one foot in academia. Um, I started teaching in the Netherlands, then teaching in the United States, and then I have been teaching for the last 20 years and always in addition to my other full-time roles. And I felt it's wonderful to, to connect with people, to be part of an MBA program where I can uh, uh, teach you know, MBAers uh, in my latest insights, what I know from my business, etc. And so on. Yeah, so a lot of different things. And to finalize the story, um, although I was not accepted at the, the, the School for Journalism, I started writing actually uh, when I, you know, after I joined the workforce, uh, articles and books. And guess what? You know, it has become a big hobby of mine. And as a consequence, I've now published over 25 books. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's so exciting that although I was not recognized at that point early in my life, things circled back later on. And I've still been doing what I uh, was supposed to do, probably. Well, I mean, what a journey. And I could see, I mean, because from your story, you didn't get like the straight answer right away when you were uh, like a recent high school graduated, because as you were mentioning, you, you failed on what you wanted and you had to go, like you went from the plan B and indeed then like with time, you saw like the short-term actions turning into long-term successes. Yeah. And and I, I would say that's that's life indeed. And and probably when you were my age, you didn't even know what was your like your true passion. You just like let it flow and maybe you were like, okay, this is are my opportunities, let's embrace them. And maybe you never know where I could end up. And now you are a professor at IE enjoying best of your life and yeah, living your professional. Yes. Indeed, it is. It's, it's uh, like, and also, it's also, um, Irene, the art, of course, to enjoy every step down the journey. Even if sometimes, you know, work can be challenging and, and not everything is going the way you expect it to be, it always provides you a lot of learning experiences for yourself. And I think that one of the things that I believe is that as humans, we need to try to become the best version of ourselves in life. And we do that by uh, trying out a lot of new things uh, because the way that we learn is by doing things that we have never done before. And that means we are going from our comfort zone to our stretch zone or our learning zone. And, you know, uh, taking risks and try things, you know, particularly if you're early in your career, is extremely rewarding. So for me to jump on the plane and go to the United States and, um, you know, it was a big, a big bet. Uh, I had no idea how it would work out. Um, and it was, you know, I was pushed outside of my comfort zone. Uh, it was the best decision I ever made. Exactly. And you were saying like, 
like sometimes it's just like a mental thing you have inside that you, you like your consciously mind tells yeah. you you can't you can't you can't but if you if you dare to say to tell this uh, mentality no I, I i'm gonna do it i'm not afraid of failing you actually succeed and it's just a matter of time and, and results right yeah yeah definitely definitely uh Irene. so try things out and be comf comfortable with yourself and develop your self-confidence as well and you know it's fine if every if not everything is going exactly the way you expect um that's life too so don't be you know we learn also from failure we learn from doing things and they don't work and it's oh wow i can do it differently next time right so uh yeah exactly but when it comes figuring out your professional passion I mean, in which state of your life figure out that? I mean, if that answer came during your bachelor's or it came later when you were just saying that exploring, trying new things and just yeah. maybe even surprising yourself as a yeah. professional. Yeah, so thank you. No, it, it happened actually after, you know, I when I started working and, and being in different roles. And then I started figuring out what are the things I really enjoy? What are the things I'm getting energy from? Um, what are the things that, you know, if people ask me, do you want to help with this? I would always say, yes, you know, count, count on me. So uh, that happens when you start working and you move into different roles. Uh, you learn so much about yourself. Uh, and then, you know, you, you know, you build on that by, uh, by studying again, right? So become, you know, deeper, uh, but also uh, focusing on your strength. And that's kind of also, you know, one important lesson I like to share is that a lot of research has been done on people development. And what we have learned from that is that if you discover what your strengths are, and everybody has his own strength or her strength, and if you find a role where you can, you know, use your strength, you can become extraordinary at that. While if you are in a role and you have to develop your weaknesses. Well, your weaknesses will become a little bit better, but there are other people for who your weaknesses are their strength and they will accelerate, you know, they will outpace you. So therefore learn a lot about yourself and find a role and find roles where you can use your strength is the best recipe for success. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, people say, oh, well, I'm, I'm now for two months in my job. I don't know yet. Don't worry. This is a journey. This will take time. Uh, this will take reflection time. And that's perfectly fine. Um, you will discover it. You will find it, you know, uh, over your career. It's a matter of being patient with yourself also. Because there is something yeah. I realized myself that... Uh, young people, we tend to be very impatient. We want results as quick as possible, and and life is not like this. It doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. So, no, and it's it is it's good to be results oriented. You know, that's also helpful. Like, hey, I want to do something. I have something in mind. Uh, as you said, you know, you want to have a number of podcasts and you reach out to people or you make it happen. I think it's a fantastic thing to do uh, to be results oriented. Uh, but you know, it's like. Yeah, but to figure out exactly what your passion is or what your best role is, that will take time. And you need to switch a couple of roles before you get there. But relating to what your approach that you just have described, so would you say, like, I don't know if you are familiar with this term, of course, uh, Ikigai? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Do, do you believe in Ikigai? Do you think it's possible yeah, to I find out it. Ikigai when you are yeah. maybe 21, 22 yeah. years old? 
You know, I think it's a, it's an ikigai for listeners who are not familiar with the term ikigai. It's a, a way of living. You know, it's kind of you know, uh, it's like doing what you are supposed to do in life, actually. Um, and yeah, I think this is something that as humans we all should, you know, uh, you know, go for. Uh, and you know, this will take time. As it, this is not at your my when I was uh, 22, 23, I had not discovered my ikigai. Uh, you know, this has been you know, over my lifetime. I have I've been getting closer and closer and closer to it. Um, and I think I found it all, to be honest. You know, I really think that I do what I really enjoy doing. And, and I have done that actually in a number of roles. So um, I never called it my Iggy guy, but I, it's also like, hey, something I really enjoy doing where I have impact, where I connect with people, where I can make a difference, where I can use my strength uh, doing something that excites me, that gives me energy. Um, you know, that's what it is. And, and, uh, and yes, I believe in it. And we can, you know, we should never give up in, 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 in live a life where we can do what we are supposed to do and make a difference. So when it comes, uh, yeah, like finding out a, like your ikigai or your, yeah, like call it your passion, like would, would it be your life formula? Would you be able to tell us if you have like a life formula that you followed or just you were yourself and you just like have like an inner thing that works? Yeah, let it flow? yeah I, th I think a formula is, um, is a little bit what I shared before. It's, uh, you know, if you are in a role, it's almost on an annual basis. Ask yourself the question, are you excited about what you do? Does your work give you energy? Are you learning new things? Are you working with people you enjoy working with? You know, does the role help you to stretch yourself? Um, are you engaged, right? So asking me, you know, it gives the role you get of happiness, you know, are you, are you satisfied what you're doing? So a number of these questions, actually, if you reflect every year where you are, and based on that, say, you know what, is it time to do another year? Uh, or is it time to move on, uh, to try out something new? And as I said, you know, if you are, you know, if you're young, you know, if that's the moment to try things out. You know, you are not, you have no commitments or limited commitments. Why not try those something out? Um, so that has been my recipe, taking a risk, innovate. And, and last but not least, continue investing your personal development. Um, don't think that by completing your bachelor degree, that's it, check mark, I'm done. That's the passport for the start. You know, this is kind of a journey, hopefully, and I know for sure, many of you will, will learn your whole life. You will do a number of degrees, a number of programs, uh, personal, professionally, small ones, bigger ones. Um, you know, as I said earlier, uh, learning, will is a is key to make people happy in life so invest in that that's what i've been doing absolutely so now professor if you have in front of you uh students that they want to pursue a similar career than you i know it's a very particular career you followed but when it comes to the personal development yeah uh slash um psychology slash uh education so what would you tell them that is like the profile and skills that they need to be a successful professional. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, if you look at competencies of the future, um, there's one competency that is, is, is 
one of the most important ones. That's a competency uh, being curious and learn, but also unlearn. I think that's kind of key. That what you that's a mindset. You need to have a growth mindset. That's kind of where it starts. Now, what I believe is that uh, in order to you know to find your eager guy, uh, do what you love to do, um, you need to try a lot of different things. And that could be kind of you know a little bit benchmarking it, uh, and benchmarking could really be like you know or piloting a role that could be part time uh, or on weekends or whatever. But try out new things. Now, what I believe actually is that, and I had, a, I was fortunate to be in this industry. Uh, for those of us who are listening, those of you who are listening today, um, you know what I always believe is that professional services companies and consulting companies are amazing places to launch your career. And the reasons are there a couple of are the following. One is um, in a consulting professional firm. You work with a lot of different organizations or clients. So you get exposed to different kinds of people, different organization cultures, and potentially in different geographies. Secondly, um, you work on projects all the time, uh, and you switch projects all the time. Um, you work with people with you know in, in different teams. And you know, the consulting professional service industry services industry is a young industry. So you typically work with people, you know, between 24 and 35, you know, that's the majority, that's 80%. So you work with young people, you do a lot of different kinds of work, you get exposed to different kitchens uh, of companies. Uh, you know, it's a pressure cooker when it comes to learning. Uh, so launching your career in, in a professional services consulting firm, I think is fantastic. And then maybe after three years, four years, five years, you say, you know what? I have worked for this company. I really like them. So I joined them actually in, a, in another role. I think that's wonderful, right? So you have learned a lot and that will help you to go to the next level. So that's kind of one, uh, you know, formula uh, or, you know, for success, I also want to share with you. Well, awesome, awesome approach. Uh, yeah, I think it's like consulting industries. It's just amazing how, uh, like the the how much you could learn in such a fast-paced environment and changing environment. And yeah, they're investing in you on on you on you also. So so why not? So then, professor, uh, when it comes your journey, do you think there was any specific steps that helped you get where you are today? Yes. And that's also always relates to people. And that's also advice I want to give you, will give people who are listening to the podcast. It's important to um, identify mentors or sponsors in your organization. Um, and that are basically people who are, you know, have been around for quite some time um, and, and are open to help you to understand, you know, what to do, what not to do, how to be successful and give you very honest and open feedback about your development. So, um, you know, I had a privilege to work with a number of amazing mentors, uh, people who believed in me, people who gave me freedom to make decisions, uh, give me space to make failures, uh, but always supported me, right? No matter what, you know, they've been helping me. So, um, you know, working with others, mentors, coaches, 
uh, is, is sponsors is, is very important. Yeah, thank you, Professor. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's key. And, and I would say also when you are like on a stage of life that you still unsecure about your capabilities, uh, I would say like having a mentor was key for, for you also, right? Definitely, definitely. And mentors are, you know, have been instrumental in helping me to go to the next level uh, to other organizations. Um, yeah, it, it made it made the difference in in my life, and, and that's also why I'm mentoring other people today, helping them actually to uh, to think through what they want to do in their lives. And do you think it's possible, like, to to be working and at the same time, like, being a mentor in in an, in a university or something like that? Like, people are doing that, you know, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are a number of people, uh, leaders also at IE and, and professors and, and others, um, you know, who also are a mentor for people. And it can be on different levels. It can relate to you know, your study or your career or challenges that, that, that people have. Um, and yeah, that's the same in many co corporations where you typically get a, a assigned a mentor to you who can, who, you know, a person you can talk to about how things are going and he or she can help you. So, Professor, now uh, one of the my favorite questions. I know you have already mentioned a lot of advices, but <laughs> which advice would you give to like or audience that are, are listening to you that probably there are lots of students that they haven't found their path yet? Like, what would you tell them? Yeah, uh, you know, one thing is don't worry, right? So uh, don't worry if you have not find your passion because you have just, you know, you're finalizing your study uh, and, you know, there's so much to explore. There's so much what you don't know yet. So the journey starts when you, when you, are, when you are graduating. So um, don't worry if you don't find it. Try a lot of things out, uh, learn from it. Uh, surround yourselves with, you know, with great people, with mentors and coaches. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, um, consider certain industries uh, for your first job um, uh, and or reflect on organizations who experience a fast growth and a lot of change because those two are a recipe for tremendous learning and excitement. So think about that. A third one is also think about who you are as a person and what might be the, the best culture you you are successful in um, you know and that's different from person to person so is the person is it a culture where you can you know take a lot of decisions you know a lot of responsibilities a lot of freedom or is a bit more a strict culture so we, we know what's the best fit for you um, and you know I think that, that will help you to launch your career and particularly as I mentioned before continue learn and grow that's a common theme um for everyone absolutely professor hopefully um the students that they listen to this they they apply it and they succeeded afterwards of course uh okay so last question uh i would say it's a tricky one for you because you probably read a lot but which is your favorite book that you would recommend to our young students you could tell us more than one i <laughs> It's, it's fine. <laughs> you know, one book actually, and this is uh, not because it's my own book, but I know that a lot of people uh, have been uh, very excited about this book. And it's uh, a book called uh, You, the Positive 
force in change. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a book that uh, I published a couple of years ago. And it provides insights from the neurosciences and, and, and positive psychology. And what is a whole new science, relatively new science in psychology, uh, that will help people to, you know, uh, help people in their lives how they can flourish. And, you know, on this book, you know, there are many exciting topics. It relates to uh, how to pursue optimism and positivity, um, how to generate emotional and social intelligence, how to build trust, you know, among people and also virtually how to do that. It's also about, you know, uh, practicing mindfulness. What's, what's, you know, why is mindfulness so important uh, in times like this particularly? Uh, so this is an, a, a very exciting book um, that I would uh, recommend everybody to, uh, to continue to read. And, you know, if you consider to download a copy from Amazon or so, uh, the good news is that all the royalties of this book will be donated to uh, my foundation. It's called e-learning for kids. And we provide um, children around the world in elementary school age with free digital learning. So um, if you buy that book, you will get a, you know, you will contribute to the foundation. You know, 100% of the royalties will be donated. So uh, that's one I would, uh, I would suggest to, uh, to read. And well, that sounds awesome. But uh, so you just you have just touched your foundation. So when did you like? I would like to know more about your your foundation. Well, you just you just like described that you primarily help uh, kids that they don't have access to technology. But which type of initiatives you are trying to implement to yeah. to to fight that? Yeah. So so um, Irene, this is uh, listeners. So if you reflect on education. Uh, I think we all agree that um, education is the biggest enabler for, you know, uh, success on many dimensions in societies. And um, even before COVID, uh, if you look at uh, the, the, the facts from UNESCO, it showed that, you know, about 60, 70 million children don't go to school. Uh, and another three, 400 million children around the world um, unfortunately, I getting poor education. So that's why uh, I decided, you know, about 15 years ago to launch a foundation and say, how can we help children around the world with education? And this was targeted to elementary school children. Um, and how can we use technology uh, to scale and to innovate? So that's where we launched uh, the e-learning for kids foundation. And we provide free digital learning for children between five and 12 uh, on math and on science. And we all know that the STEM competencies are very important, science and technology and engineering and math. So math and science. Um, and our curriculum is based on the International Baccalaureate. And I know that a number of listeners might have completed an IB program. Um, and what's exciting is that the, the courses are available on the internet for free. Um, we also collaborate with schools and orphanages who do not have access to, you know, the internet or a poor uh, connection. And we make downloads available so they can install it on their networks, their computers, and can use it without the internet. So, um, and what's exciting is that, um, you know, over 20 million children globally have been benefiting from, uh, from the courses. And, um, you know, there are two new, new portals that we've launched. One is called Math World for, um, for All. 
And the other one is uh, Science World for All. So exciting uh, um, um, uh, portals for content. And um, yes, you know, we hope that a lot of children can, you know, are benefiting from it. Um, and that's that's very exciting to contribute a little bit to um, the challenge that we have globally in education. Wow, that sounds awesome. And, and like with technology, you're disrupting uh, education and you're like getting into places in the world that years ago it could have been like crazy arrived there. And now you're like driving change and, and reaching to, to these kids. It's, it's a beautiful initiative, Professor. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Irene. So after this amazing chat, uh, thank you so much, Professor, for being here today, taking the time. It was an awesome uh, and enriching conversation, and I hope uh, well, you become a model to follow, I'm sure of it. And also that, that you inspire students and finally they find their way, their way out to the real world. Thank you, Professor. Yeah, no, Irene, thank you for, uh, for having me in this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope that there are a couple of key, uh, key takeaways from uh, my session. And, um, you know, you may find me on LinkedIn. I'm posting a lot of articles and videos on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect and, uh, and I will continue to share uh, interesting insights on, 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 on development, on careers and uh, moving forward. Thank you.